Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, Washington Business Journal's Rob Terry talks trends. And it's why private equity is so interested, uh, I would say, in this market. I talked to one person recently who said the reason private equity loves it so much is that Uncle Sam is a pretty deep-pocketed customer and always pays his bills. There's an awful lot going on right now in the government contract industry. To talk with us about what is happening is Rob Terry. He is a senior writer with the Washington Business Journal and covering that beat. Rob, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Well, uh, I gave the lead. What's going on? I hear that there's a lot of activity right now in M&A. Yeah, it's pretty hot, uh, even bordering, according to some CEOs I talked to, potentially on frothy. Uh, lots of deals, uh, especially in the mid-market space, which are companies anywhere from 200 million in revenue up to a billion, uh, maybe even go lower than the 2 million mark. But there's a lot of uh, angling for, for deal making in there. And the reasons, there are a few reasons. Uh, companies are anxious to add capabilities to their mix because of what the government customer is looking to buy, uh, new things of technology, especially. Yeah, another trend driving deal making is uh, contract vehicles, companies wanting to get onto certain contract vehicles to, uh, to drive revenue as well. So it's it's really hot right now. I talked to a CEO recently. He's been in place for about four months, uh, put there by the private equity firm that purchased his company. Another trend we're seeing a lot of. And he says he's looked at 20 deals in four months. Do you think that, uh, I know you've just been back at this beat for a little while. Um, you've been at the paper for quite a while off and on. But as as you look at this, you say it's frothy. I have heard that uh, a lot of it is really driven by the need for scale because the margins are so bad. Is that also part of it? Yeah, scale is a big part of it. So you see that, especially in this uh, deal by DXC Technology to spit out its U.S. public sector business and combine with a company in Chantilly called Vencor, as well as a Colorado company called Keypoint. But the, the scale will enable them to position themselves as you know this next generation provider of choice for government you know, offering up everything from cloud computing to big data and analytics and other kind of transformational digital services. That's a big part of it, definitely. When I talk with people in the business community, the entrepreneurial community, who are outside of the government sector, they tend to look at what goes on the government sector as being solid off and somehow different from themselves. And I know in your career, you've worked in industry, you've covered the business community for quite a while. As you look now at this government contract industry, do you think it's appropriate for people to look at it as something separate or silent off from the rest of the business community here? Not from where I sit, not at all. I mean, I, I covered, I had the fortune to cover technology in the late 90s and on up and through the internet bust. And uh, it, it's really interesting to me how I see a lot of the same things, a lot of the same talking points. I mean, you got a lot of government contractors, legacy companies, companies that have been around a long time that from where I sit, are positioning themselves today as tech companies. I mean, they're, they're pulling from a, the same playbook in a lot of instances. Give me some examples of that. Good example of that is, uh, you know, Booz Allen, a venerable consulting firm forever. They're kind of like five companies in one. And I'll just say, full disclosure, you know, I worked there for the last year and a half before coming back to the Washington Business Journal. And it's a fascinating place uh, for many reasons, one of which is it's kind of like an engineering company. It's a consulting company. It's a analytics company. It's a cyber company, kind of all rolled into one. Yeah, I'm seeing the same thing with a number of the other big ones. General Dynamics, Lockheed are both reaching out very hard right now to uh, the entrepreneurial community, cybersecurity in particular, AI, IoT. It, it seems to me that there's a big, there's an unrecognized fusion going on now, particularly in cybersecurity. I, I think that people are starting to figure out that <laughs> This region really is a place not just for public sector cyber, but private sector. So it's driving a lot. Lidos is a great example there, too, as well. They do that deal with 
Lockheed Martin's uh, information services business about a year ago, and now they're a $10 billion IT services behemoth doing cyber, among many other things. The other thing that strikes me is we tend to lionize entrepreneurs who sell product businesses here, you know, internet businesses like an AOL or or a C-Vent or so forth. But when you look at the overall wealth creation and, and the real entrepreneurial successes that we've had, there are many more government contractors and, and 8As that grow and, and grow up. It just seems that that M&A activity really does drive a lot of the dark fiber of wealth creation in our region, doesn't it? Yes, and it's why private equity is so interested, I would say, in this market. Talked to one person recently who said the reason private equity loves it so much is that Uncle Sam is a pretty deep-pocketed customer and always pays his bills. So <laughs> they see a lot of opportunity to come in and take companies that are having a little trouble maybe competing in the mid-market space, and they you know, put some new efficiencies in, target some new customers, tuck in an acquisition or two, and then, boom, they sell it again for, you know, however many X return. And that's a, I mean, we've seen that over the last 25 years, you know, after the peace dividend in the 90s, there was the same kind of consolidation. You know, it's funny, you, you mentioned that Uncle Sam is a great customer. When we were talking earlier before we, you came together to do this interview, you mentioned that sequestration, even though it happened in 2013, is is still affecting market behavior as you talk with people. Is that right? Yeah, you still, I still sense a hangover out there. And you can you know, see it in the, the growth of GRP as well. It's 2%, pretty sluggish last couple of years. Steve Fuller, the, the noted regional economist, has talked about that recently, talked about it with me. But at the same time, you've got a new administration that's talking about increasing budgets for defense. There's uncertainty uh, around the world, you know, North Korea, you name it. As such, demand for uh, mission or missile systems and things like that from the likes of Lockheed Martin or Northrop Grumman. So, yes, there is still, I still sense that kind of a hangover. But at the same time, I sense optimism about the budget uncertainty on the Hill. You know, Lockheed CEO Marilyn Houston touched on that in their recent earnings call. She said she's pretty optimistic that something will get done. And so you're starting to hear talk of, the GRP inching up closer to 3% in the coming years. What are you uh, looking at over the next 6 to 12 months as you think about where the region's going? What are you, what are you tracking? Definitely continued M&A and the impacts there. Definitely interested in keeping an eye on just some of these ongoing, larger ongoing trends that are driving a lot of what we've touched on. Um, digital modernization in government and the vendors that sell those products and services. Definitely cyber is a big one that I'm going to be keeping an eye on. A lot of companies out there angling for a piece of the cyber pie. And, you know, that budget uncertainty, the changeover in administration that we touched on, seeing that maybe level out a bit and starting to track the impacts there also. Well, Rob, thanks a lot for taking the time and unpacking what's going on in the sector. It was very helpful getting your viewpoints. My pleasure. Hope we can do it again. Thanks for listening to What's Working in Washington. A special thanks to our sponsor, Eagle Bank. How do you get to be number one in the D.C. area? Eagle Bank did it by putting relationships first. They're flexible, involved, responsive, strong, and trusted. Eagle Bank's goal is your success. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan. Our online writer is Barbara Ulrich. Music provided by two D.C. region bands, Two Car Living Room, and The Sunbathers. And a huge thank you to our sponsor, Eagle Bank. Please get in touch with us for sponsorship opportunities. 
And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and please rate the podcast. This helps us spread the word about the interesting stories we're telling on what's working in Washington. And let us know who you think we should be talking to on this show. Tweet us at at what's working DC. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening.